Section thirty-three of *The Dream of the Red Chamber*, Book Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Yu Qing in Singapore. *The Dream of the Red Chamber*, Book Two by Cao Xueqing, translated by Henry Bancroft Jolly, Chapter Forty-One, Part Two. The other cup was, in appearance, as clumsy as it was small yet on it figured an engraved inscription consisting of spotted rhinoceros cup in three seal characters which bore the semblance of pendant pearls miao yu replenished this cup and gave it to dai yu and taking the green jade cup which she had on previous occasions often used for her own tea she filled it and presented it to pao yu the rules observed in the world the adage says must be impartial pao yu smiled but while my two cousins are handling those antique and rare gems here am i with this coarse object is this a coarse thing miao yu exclaimed why i'm making no outrageous statement when i say that i'm inclined to think that it is by no means certain that you could lay your hand upon any such coarse thing as this in your home do in the country as country people do the proverb says pao yu laughingly rejoined so when one gets in a place like this of yours one must naturally look down upon everything in the way of gold pearls jade and precious stones as coarse rubbish this statement highly delighted miao yu so much so that producing another capacious cup carved out of a whole bamboo root which with its nine curves and ten rings with twenty knots in each ring resembled a coiled dragon here she said with a face beaming with smiles there only remains this one can you manage this large cup i can pao yu vehemently replied with high glee albeit you have the stomach to tackle all it holds miao yu laughed i haven't got so much tea for you to waste have you not heard how that the first cup is the taste cup the second the stupid thing for quenching one's thirst and the third the drink mule cup but were you now to go in for this huge cup why what more wouldn't that be at these words pao chai dai yu and pao yu simultaneously indulged in laughter but miao yu seized the teapot and poured well nigh a whole cupful of tea into the big cup pao yu tasted it some carefully and found it in real truth so exceptionally soft and pure that he extolled it with incessant praise if you've had any teeth this time miao yu pursued with a serious expression about her face it's thanks to these two young ladies for had you come alone i wouldn't have given you any i'm well aware of this pao yu laughingly rejoined so i too will receive no favour from your hands but simply express my thanks to these two cousins of mine and have done what you say makes your meaning clear enough miao yu said when she heard his reply is this rain water from last year dai yu then inquired how is it smiled pao yu sardonically that a person like you can be such a bore as not to be able to discriminate water when you taste it this is snow collected from the plum blossom five years back when i was in the panxiang temple at xuanmu all i got was that flower jar green as the devil's face full 
and as I couldn't make up my mind to part with it and drink it, I interred it in the ground, and only opened it this summer. I've had some of it once before, and this is the second time. But how is it you didn't detect it when you put it to your lips? Has rain water obtained a year back ever got such a soft and pure flavour? And how possibly could it be drunk at all? Dairy knew perfectly what a curious disposition she naturally had, and she did not think it advisable to start any lengthy discussion with her. Nor did she feel justified to protract her stay, so after sipping her tea, she intimated to Bao Chai her intention to go, and they quitted the apartment. Bao Yu gave a forced smile to Miao Yu. That cup, he said, is of course dirty, but is it not a pity to put it away for no valid reason? To my idea, it would be preferable, wouldn't it, to give it to that poor old woman, for were she to sell it, she could have the means of subsistence. What do you say? Will it do? Yao Yu listened to his suggestion and then nodded her head after some reflection. Yes, that will be all right, she answered. Lucky for her, I've never drunk a drop out of that cup. For had I, I would rather have smashed it to atoms than have let her have it. If you want to give it to her, I don't mind a bit about it, but you yourself must hand it to her. Now, be quick and clear it away at once. Of course, quite so, Bao Yu continued. How could you ever go and speak to her? Things would then come to a worse pass. You too would be contaminated. If you give it to me, it will be all right. Miao Yu there and then directed someone to fetch it and to give it to Bao Yu. When it was brought, Bao Yu took charge of it. Wait until we've gone out, he proceeded, and I'll call a few servant boys and bid them carry several buckets of water from the stream and wash the floors, eh, shall I? Yes, that would be better, Miao Yu smiled. The only thing is that you must tell them to bring the water and place it outside the entrance door by the foot of the wall, for they mustn't come in. This goes without saying, Bao Yu said, and while replying, he produced the cup from the inside of his sleeve and handed it to a young waiting maid from Dowager Lady Jia's apartment to hold. Tomorrow, he told her, give this to Goody Liu to take with her when she starts on her way homewards. By this time, he made the girl understand the charge he entrusted her with. His old grandmother issued out and was anxious to return home. Miao Yu did not exert herself very much to induce her to prolong her visit, but seeing her as far as the main gate, she turned round and bolted the doors. But without devoting any further attention to her, we will now allude to Dowager Lady Jia. She felt thoroughly tired and exhausted to such a degree that she desired Madame Wang, Ying Chun, and her sisters to see that Mrs. Xu had some wine, while she herself retired to the Xiaoxiang village to rest. Lady Feng immediately bade some servants to fetch a bamboo chair. On its arrival, Dowager Lady Jia seated herself in it, and two matrons carried her off hemmed in by Lady Feng, Li Wan, and a bevy of servant girls and matrons. But let us now leave her to herself without any additional explanations. During this while, Mrs. Xu too said goodbye and departed. Madame Wang then dismissed Wen Kuan and the other girls, and, distributing the eatables, 
that had been collected in the partition boxes to the servant maids to go and feast on she availed herself of the leisure moments to lie off so reclining as she was on the couch which had been occupied by her old relative a few minutes back she bade a young maid lower the portier after which she asked her to massage her legs should our old lady yonder send any message mind you call me at once she proceeded to impress on her mind and laying herself down she went to sleep pao yu xiang yun and the rest watched the servant girls take the partition boxes and place them among the rocks and seat themselves some on boulders others on the turf-covered ground some leaned against the trees others squatted down beside the pool and thoroughly enjoyed themselves but in a little time they also perceived yuan yang arrive her object in coming was to carry off goody liu for a stroll so in a body they followed in their track with a view of deriving some fun shortly they got under the honorary gateway put up in the additional grounds reserved for the imperial consort's visits to her parents and old goody liu shouted aloud ai yo what is there another big temple here while speaking she prostrated herself and knocked her head to the intense amusement of the company who were quite doubled up with laughter what are you laughing at woody low inquired i can decipher the characters on this honorary gateway over at our place temples of this kind are exceedingly plentiful and they've all got archways like this these characters give the name of the temple can you make out from those characters what the temple this is they laughingly asked goody liu quickly raised her head and pointing at the inscription aren't these she said the four characters pearly emperor's precious hall everybody laughed they clapped their hands and applauded but when about to chafe her again goody liu experienced a rumbling noise in her stomach and vehemently pulling a young servant girl and asking her for a couple of sheets of paper she began immediately to loosen her garments it won't do in here one and all laughingly shouted out to her and quickly they directed the matron to lead her away when they got at the northeast corner the matron pointed to the proper place out to her and in high spirits she walked off and went to have some rest goody liu had taken plenty of wine she could not too touch yellow wine she had what is more drunk and eaten so many fat things that in the thirst which supervened she had emptied several cups of tea the result was that she unavoidably got looseness of the bowels she therefore squatted forever so long before she felt any relief but on her exit from the private chamber the wind blew the wine to her head besides being a woman well up in years she felt upon suddenly rising from the long squatting position her eyes grow so dim and her head so giddy that she could not make out the way she gazed on at all four quarters but the whole place being covered with trees rockeries towers terraces and houses she was quite at a loss how to determine her whereabouts and where each road led to she had no alternative but to follow a stone road and to toddle on her way with leisurely step but when she drew near a building she could not make out where the door could be after searching and searching she accidentally caught sight of a bamboo fence here's another trellis with flat bean plants creeping on it goody Liu communed within herself while giving way to reflection 
she skirted the flower-laden hedge and discovering a moon-like cave-like entrance she stepped in here she discerned stretching before her eyes a sheet of water forming a pond which measured no more than seven or eight feet in breadth its banks were paved with slabs of stone its jade-like waves flowed in a limpid stream towards the opposite direction at the upper end figured a slab of white marble laid horizontally over the surface good liu wandered her steps over the slab and followed the raised stone road then turning two bends in the lake an entrance into a house struck her gaze forthwith she crossed the doorway but her eyes were soon attracted by a young girl who advanced to greet her with a smile playing upon her lips the young ladies goody liu speedily remarked laughing have cast me adrift they made me knock about until i find my way in here but seeing after addressing her that the girl said nothing by way of reply goody liu approached her and seized her by the hand when with a crash she fell against the wooden partition wall and bumped her head so that it felt quite sore upon close examination she discovered that it was a picture do your picture really so bowed out goody liu mused within herself and as she exercised her mind with these cogitations she scanned it and rubbed her hand over it it was perfectly even all over she nodded her head and heaved a couple of sighs but the moment she turned around she espied a small door over which hung a soft portiere of leek green colour bestrewn with embroidered flowers goody liu lifted the portiere and walked in upon raising her head and casting a glance round she saw the walls artistically carved in fretwork of all four sides loose double-edged swords vases and censers were stuck everywhere over the walls and embroidered covers and gaze nets glistened as brightly as gold and shed a lustre vying with that of pearls even the bricks on the ground on which she trod were jade like green inlaid with designs so that her eyes got more and more dazzled she tried to discover an exit but where could she find a doorway on the left was a bookcase on the right a screen as soon as she repaired behind the screen she faced a door but she then caught sight of another old dame stepping in from outside and advancing towards her guidilla was wonderstruck her mind was full of uncertainty as to whether it might not be her son-in-law's mother i expect she felt prompted to ask with vehemence you went to the trouble of coming to hunt for me as you didn't see me turn up at home for several days eh but what young lady introduced you in here then noticing that her whole head was bedecked with flowers old goody liu laughed how ignorant of the ways of the world you are she said seeing the nice flowers in this garden you at once set to work forgetful of all consequences and loaded your pate with them however while she derided her the other road dame simply laughed without making any rejoinder recollection suddenly flashed to her memory she had often heard of some kind of cheval glasses found in wealthy and well-to-do families and may it not be she wondered my own self reflected in this glass after concluding this train of thoughts she put out her hands and feeling it and then minutely scrutinizing it she realized that the four wooden partition walls were made of carved blackwood into which mirrors had been inserted these have so far impeded my progress 
she consequently exclaimed, and how am I to manage to get out? As she soliloquized, she kept on rubbing the mirror. This mirror was, in fact, provided with some western mechanism, which enabled it to open and shut, so while Goodilo inadvertently passed her hands, quite at random over its surface, the pressure happily fell on the right spot, and, opening the contrivance, the mirror flung round, exposing a door to view. Old Goodilio was full of amazement as well as of admiration. With hasty step, she egressed. Her eyes unexpectedly fell on a most handsome set of bed curtains, but being at the time still seven or eight tenths in the wind, and quite tired out from her tramp, she with one jump squatted down on the bed, saying to herself, I'll just have a little rest. So little, however, did she, contrary to her expectations, have any control over herself, that as she reeled backwards and forwards, her eyes got quite drowsy, and then the moment she threw herself in a recumbent position, she dropped into a sound sleep. But let us now see what the others were up to. They waited for her and waited, but they saw nothing of her. Pangot, in the absence of his grandmother, so distressed that he melted into tears. May she not have fallen into the place? One and all laughingly observed. Be quick and tell someone to go and have a look. Two matrons were directed to go in search for her, but they returned and reported that she was not to be found. The whole party instituted a search in every nook and corner, but nothing could be seen of her. She was so drunk, Siren suggested, that she is sure to have lost her way, and following this road, got into our back rooms. Should she have crossed to the inside of the hedge, she must have come to the door of the black house and got in. Nevertheless, the young maids she must have come across must know something about her. If she did not get inside the hedge, but continued in the southwesterly direction, she is all right, if she made a detour and walked out. But if she hasn't done so, why, she have enough of roaming for a good long while. I had better therefore go and see what she's up to. With these words still on her lips, she retraced her footsteps and repaired into Yihong Court. She called out to the servants, but, who would have thought it, the whole bevy of young maids attached to those rooms had seized the opportunity to go and have a romp, so Siren straightway entered the door of the house. As soon as she turned the multicoloured embroidered screen, the sound of snoring as loud as peals of thunder fell on her ear. Hastily she betook herself inside, but her nostrils were overpowered by the foul air of wine and wind, which infected the apartment. At a glance, she discovered old Woody Liu lying on the bed, face downwards, with hands broad out and feet knocking about all over the place. Siren sustained no small shock. With precipitate hurry, she rushed up to her and, laying hold of her, lying as she was more dead than alive, she pushed her about until she succeeded in rousing her to her senses. Old Goody Liu was startled out of her sleep. She opened wide her eyes, and, realizing that Siren stood before her, she speedily crawled up. Miss, she pleaded, I do deserve death. I have done what I shouldn't, but I haven't in any way soiled the bed. So saying, she swept her hands over it, but Siren was in fear and trembling lest the suspicions of any inmate should be aroused, and lest Pao Yu should come to know of it. So all she did was to wave her hand towards her, bidding her not to utter a word. Then, with alacrity, 
grasping three or four handfuls of baihe incense she heaped it on a large tripod which stood in the centre of the room and put the lid back again delighted at the idea that she had not been so upset as to be sick it doesn't matter she quickly rejoined in a low tone of voice with a smile i'm here to answer for this come along with me while old Fudi Liu expressed her readiness to comply with her wishes, she followed Xiran out into the quarters occupied by the young maids. Here Xiran desired her to take a seat. Mind you say, she enjoined her, that you were so drunk that you stretched on a boulder and had a snooze. All right, I will, old Fudi Liu promised. Xiran afterwards helped her to two cups of tea when she, at length, got over the effects of the wine what young lady's room is this that it is so beautiful she then inquired it seems to me just as if i had gone to the very heavenly palace siren gave a faint smile this one she asked why it's our master secundus mr bao's bedroom old goody Liu was quite taken aback and could not even presume to utter a sound but siren let her out across the front compound and when they met the inmates of the family she simply explained to them that she had found her fast asleep on the grass and brought her along no one paid any heed to the excuse she gave and the subject was dropped presently dowager lady jia awoke and the evening meal was at once served in the daoxiangsun dowager lady jia was however quite listless and felt so little inclined to eat anything that she forthwith got into a small open chair with bamboo seat and returned to her suite of rooms to rest but she insisted the lady feng and her companions should go and have their repast till the young ladies eventually adjourned once more into the garden but reader you do not know the sequel so peruse the circumstances given in detail in the next chapter end of section thirty three Recording by Tao Yuqing in Singapore.